This is Keeping Connected, a special series produced through the Connected Nation podcast. In this series, we talk with leaders working to secure the broadband and digital futures of our communities. Specifically, we talk with individuals who serve in varying public or private capacities, working to ensure our communities are keeping connected. I'm your host, Wes Kerr. Today's guest is Shannon White with the Library of Michigan. Shannon leads the library development team that coordinates a variety of statewide projects such as the Michigan eLibrary, E-Rate, Library Workforce Training, and more, using federal funding from the Institute of Museum and Library Services, along with state support. Shannon has 20 years of statewide library services experience to draw from as she serves the state of Michigan. Shannon, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Wes. I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you today. It's great to have you on, and, and we look forward to talking with you about you know the things that you do and the and the things that the Library of Michigan uh, are, are doing. But uh, you know, as is custom, we try to get people a little bit more comfortable in this conversation, and and so our our listeners get the chance to listen and and get to know you a little bit better. And I know that you have a Master of Arts in Applied History to go along with your Master of Library Sciences from the University of South Carolina and served as the Assistant Director of the Historical Society of Michigan. I have to ask, is there a specific historical fact or, or historical, you know, I guess, story that, that you'd want to share with listeners today? Well, I think um, having experience at both the Historical Society of Michigan and the Library of Michigan, when I moved here and learned about the history of those two organizations, it was really interesting to find out that both were created in 1828. And that was even prior to Michigan statehood. So, um, you know, kind of a fun fact for both of those organizations is that they were created in 1828 as territorial libraries, a territorial society. And they're both still here serving residents of the state of Michigan today. Yeah, that's, a, that's a rather amazing fact to think that, that the state took enough uh, concern and pride that early on to, to start to catalog and, and maintain the, the past is pretty interesting. Yes, yes. And it, you know, over the years that has just evolved so much. And today um, we're still providing services from the Library of Michigan that are both historical in nature with documents and, you know, bound printed books, but also looking into the future and serving libraries, as you mentioned, the library workforce and helping get them ready for whatever happens down the road. And that's a great segue to, to kind of get us into the conversation today. And, and so I wanted to talk today about how important do you feel access to broadband and technology are? Well, I think, you know, access to broadband and, you know, technology and digital inclusion for all of our residents is just, it's vitally important. Our modern life can't really be handled easily or even efficiently without the internet. You know, as the future unfolds, both public and private entities spend time and energy creating solutions for us to take part in to complete daily needs. Um, and this puts anyone that doesn't have access to broadband technology as, at a disadvantage. Um, it doesn't only affect residents that may not be able to afford monthly access for home broadband or smartphone data, but those that live where just the access is not available in that locale. When 
we think about our daily lives and everything that is available to us through the internet, many of us take a lot for granted and don't always think about what would our life be like if we did not use the internet for daily life activities. So for instance, myself, I can bank online, I can pay bills, I can conduct telehealth appointments, I can file my taxes, um, children can participate in remote school, I could use my public library services, I could connect with my family, but many residents aren't able to do that. So if you were a elderly resident um, and perhaps had limited mobility, limited income, no home internet, you know, no car, paying bills is often done with money orders. And the time and the effort to conduct those type of activities in a paper-based world when everyone else is living in an internet-based world is, it's really a different reality. Sure. In, in the position that you have with the state and within your agency, what concerns you the most about inadequate access to broadband and technology? I think we've seen a lot of concerning things just because of in 2020, we've got the pandemic with COVID. And so we immediately saw schools move online and there were a lot of ups and downs with this. Um, there's a need for devices and connectivity and skills for students and educators and parents and caregivers that were having to manage all this. On top of that, we saw people doing work from home and not everybody, even if they could do their job responsibilities at home, was able to take part in that because they didn't have connectivity. And a lot of, overall, the country has done a lot in a short period of time to deal with many of these problems that we saw surface at an incredible rate during COVID, but we still have a long way to go. We have gaps because there are public libraries or community nonprofits that are providing devices and they're trying to enhance connectivity, but they're um, they're not the only institutions that can be the solution to all these problems. They can't solve broadband um, connectivity and digital literacy skills to everyone alone. Um, the services and the support for connecting the nation lie with many different groups working together. You bring up a, a couple of really important things, and it is remarkable it, how much has been accomplished in such a short amount of time uh, to try to to try to bring equality and equity to to service the citizens and our residents. Uh, and, and our libraries have certainly been you know key in that. And and we hear from organizationally, we hear from libraries you know often about the things the 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 interesting programs and ideas that they're doing and and. The implementation of of trying to expand, you know, their essentially their own networks to reach beyond the walls uh, of their facilities, and, and we know that that's been done to to meet you know the needs of their community and the people in their communities. And so, with that, I, I'm curious: is there a specific community of people that you feel are at the biggest disadvantage right now, and, and how do you believe broadband and technology can help neutralize that disadvantage? Well, since libraries are really where my work is focused and they are community anchor institutions, um, they're, the, they're essential in providing like a, a guaranteed place where a resident can get access to broadband. Um, the community of people that can least afford to be connected, and I'll also add least afford to maintain continual access to upgraded technology are at the biggest disadvantage. They're left behind 
without the ease of home broadband, but they're also left out of the ability to seek out and find reliable information necessary for them to make informed decisions about all aspects of their life. And when we think about going back to the example of COVID and all the information that all of us are seeking out so we can better understand what's happening, why it's happening, what can I do to keep my family um, safe, how can I, you know, carry out all the different parts of my normal life activities the best in, um, in the best way possible without the ability to seek out and find reliable information necessary to make informed decisions about aspects of their life, they're at a disadvantage. You know, their circumstances don't allow them to have access to good information to make life decisions on a daily basis. And not only they don't have access to information, but they aren't able to continually develop skills to successfully take advantage of the internet. And that can help neutralize that disadvantage of the group. Sure. And we are, and and today, and certainly have been in the past, more of a consumer of what internet can bring to us. But as we shift towards more, more of a digital uh, economy, that begins to shift. So we start to see uh, the need or the greater need for additional training. And I know that that is something that libraries have traditionally uh, been been a huge part of, is trying to help you know bring greater literacy to the general populace uh, so that it enables, you know just like you were saying, it really enables everyone that opportunity uh, to, to reach out for new opportunities. In your role, what do you believe is the most important thing you can do to help impact the digital future of those you serve? I know that you that you work with E-Rate and some of those types of programs. So I'm just curious, you know, how you feel, you know, what you think is the most important thing that you can do uh, to help impact uh, the digital future. One of the main areas that I work in from a state library perspective is ensuring that members of the library community are continually um, educated and knowledgeable about broadband access. So they need to understand what this means for their community so they can advocate at that level. And they also need to understand and continually develop skills to ensure that residents in their area are digitally literate. Um, they have to be at the table during discussions about improving access. Um, they need to maintain uh, staff skills so their staff is able to answer questions that they receive from their patrons and community members about using the internet and digital access. And so that's one of the things that state libraries, not only here in Michigan, but all across the country work at is trying to make sure that as a community anchor institution, the public library from the administration, the trustees down to the staff understand the importance of broadband technology and the importance of digital literacy for all the residents. And along that same idea, what do you think for, you know, the, the, I guess the resident, uh, the, the, you know, everyday uh, person like myself who, you know, what can we do uh, to help, you know, or be involved with, you know, greater broadband access and, and technology use? I think, um, for a lot of residents, it's understanding that not everyone is in the same place. Not everyone has the same access. And if they're in a role where they could advocate for uh, greater attention to broadband connectivity, that's a really, that would be a wonderful thing. Um, for instance, at 
a local or county or municipal level, we think about how much has been realigned in those local budgets to make online services available. But what's being realigned from those local budgets to ensure that the residents can connect with the online services they created? And, and I think in any type of situation, we have to remember that everyone can't be the master of all the expertise or the skills needed to make this happen. And it takes a lot of different types of organizations and different people with different expertise. So at uh, like a local level, we wouldn't say, oh, okay, you're, you're working on economic development. So we're going to add broadband onto everything else you're doing. I think in today's environment in 2020 in the digital age that at this point we need to say local regional governments need to put um, an important you know place importance on that and say we need somebody who's solely dedicated to ensuring that the members of our community are connected to broadband and are skilled users of the internet yeah, that's a great response and and you know we do you know with Connected Nation Michigan, we work in so many communities and, and, and often we see, you know, the, I guess the reality, just like you're talking about there, the reality of not having those, those individuals that are dedicated to that. And, 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 and unfortunately in so many communities, just not having uh, the resources necessary to, to be able to identify and, and then, you know, resource that individual either. So uh, it's a, it's a great point. It's something interesting to, to think about and, and how that can be, implemented in, in rural communities or just communities in general uh, and, and the impact it can have. Because like you said, um, you know, we have experts in, in various different areas and, and to try to throw broadband on top of um, someone else's expertise could be overwhelming and, and may not make a lot of sense in many cases. Mm-hmm. As we look to expand and increase broadband and technology availability, adoption and use in our communities, is there any advice you'd give to others, uh, you know, whether that be a, a, a community leaders or, you know, peers across other you know, state agencies? I think um, making sure that there's communication flowing from all different perspectives and understandings and expertise, like we talked about before, um, in my particular role in a state agency in Michigan, um, there are many things that I don't know about. And when I meet with other colleagues from across the state of Michigan that are working on their own avenues and paths that are connected to broadband, I learn so much. So I think um, ensuring that that flow of information really moves around to all the different people that are being served at all different levels is very helpful. That's that's a great comment and and just that ability to share and and ensure I guess uh, the communication of it um, and being able to communicate on a broad spectrum of of and, and across different levels uh, really can help make a big difference in in everyone's efforts. Another part of that would be not just the communication but ensuring that when we're communicating with our colleagues that are working on different aspects of ensuring broadband connectivity is available to residents, that we we learn the context of everyone. So for instance, in my particular area, working with public libraries, understanding the reality of public libraries is very different. So if you're working with a colleague and they may be a patron of a particular library, perhaps in a a larger urban area, they may have expectations that that 
make it uh, believable that that's what happens in other areas of the state. And that isn't necessarily true. Um, it's definitely not a one size fits all. And so when we're thinking about solutions, we really have to craft them in a way that works with all different levels, um, all different needs, and all different types of folks are in the mix and at the table at the same time. Shannon, as we kind of wrap up here, are there are there other things that you would want to share with, with anyone uh, that we haven't maybe touched on already? I think um, we touched on a little bit of digital literacy, but I think that that's a really big part of this story. Not only do we have to get residents of our state connected, um, but we have to make sure that they're skilled and that they understand how to use the technology that changes constantly. Um, you know, digital literacy is just a huge part of the picture as well. Um, you can be connected, and if you don't understand information literacy, digital literacy, then your experience with the internet may not be particularly favorable. Um, you may not be able to help your children do their online learning, or you may not understand that something is a scam. I mean, there's all sorts of things out there that can happen um, once you get connected to the internet, but still don't know how to be a digital literate citizen. It's so important that you bring that up too. I, I, don't, I, I certainly don't want to, I guess, brush over digital literacy because, you know, that really fits in the adoption and use side of, of you know, what we at Connected Nation Michigan are, are concerned about is, you know, seeing, uh, you know, people, ad, you know, have access, adopt and use the technology. And, and I think not only is it important that we be able to utilize it and we find ways that, to implement it in our lives it, and in many cases, ways that would completely change, um, you know, someone's, uh, you know, daily life, but also understanding that that adoption and use side uh, and our ability for uh, people to utilize it in, in meaningful ways has a, a direct impact on availability. And, and and so when we have, you know, particularly in rural areas, when we talk about areas that are uh, low population density or low, low density of households, the fewer people who know how to and engage with those technologies, broadband and technology in general, the harder it is for us to make, whether that's you know publicly or privately, the business case to to bring broadband services into a location, which is you know what we fight day in and day out uh, in, in so many instances now with trying to bring additional broadband services to communities or you know into our rural communities. So I, I'm really glad you bring that up and we talk about that a little bit. Uh, anything else this this afternoon? Um, so I would hope that folks uh, really understand or try to understand the different perspectives out there when you have fellow residents that aren't connected to broadband, um, that their life is literally very different from the life that you may be leading on a daily basis. And understanding that, putting yourself in their shoes, seeing what that experience is like, I think helps with the whole advocacy effort. Um, we need all kinds of advocates out there across the country and within Michigan here to make sure not only that we have fiber being laid, but that we have organizations, nonprofits, and businesses all working together to make sure that the residents can make the best use of the technology that's really necessary for life in 2020. Shannon, we really appreciate you taking the time today to, to talk with us. want to want to 
say thank you again for joining us and thanks for all you're doing to secure a digital future for Michiganders. Thank you so much, Wes. I really appreciate it. Today's guest has been Shannon White with the Library of Michigan. I'm Wes Kerr. Thanks for listening to Keeping Connected. If you like the show and want to know more about our nonprofit, head to connectednation.org and look for the latest episodes on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcast, or Spotify.